Today's episode of Beyond the Mask is presented by the insurance specialists at BrightThink Wealth Strategies. Find the disability insurance coverage that fits you best right now. Email Robert Smith at rsmithjr at financialguide.com. The show is also made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. Get a free consultation today to be guided through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Just visit crnafinancialplanning.com. We'd also like to thank Helping Hands and OSA EMR for their support of the show. And don't forget, listening to our podcast can earn you Class B credits. For more information on how you can submit them, check out the CE Credit tab on our website, beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. We know you spend your day caring for your patient's best interests. On our show, we want to care for you. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA industry. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7. Welcome to Beyond the Mask. I'm Jeremy Stanley, and I've been working with CRNAs for over 23 years, and I'm married to one. And my co-host is... Sharon Pierce. Sharon's a practicing CRNA for over 20 years, a past president of the ANA, the NCANA, and she's held many other leadership roles. As usual, our goal with every episode is to educate and enlighten CRNAs, and I think our topic today is definitely going to do that. And Sharon, what time is it? It's time to wake up, Jeremy. I think it is. Well, hey, Sharon, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Here we are at the end of the year again. Uh, I mean, it's been a long year, but it seems to have gone by quickly again. I know. Um, We were talking about it at work today. Everybody thought 2020 was the year that really kind of sucked. Yeah. (laughs) Was 2021 any better, really? You know, I mean, more people were able to get out, you know, it was a little bit better. I think the reality of the situation has set in with most people and we know that COVID is not going away and it's here to stay and, you know, and then obviously now we're seeing the Omicron variant and, uh, you know, we're going to continue to see more of this. So I don't know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens in 2022 again. Well, I'm looking forward to 2022. I thought 2021 would be my year. And then it kind of was and wasn't. 2022, here we come, and I'm ready for it. Yeah. Uh, You had a lot going on this year as well. You know, like most people, I mean, you know, life doesn't tend to get less busy. It tends to get more busy. And, you know, here at the end of the year, you kind of reflect on that, which kind of leads into our conversation for the day, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, since I'm interviewing you today, Jeremy, why don't you give us a little glimpse into what we're going to look at today on this podcast? Well, you know, today is really going to be 22, I'm not going to say all about money. I'm going to say resolutions or goals or objectives or whatever you can stick to, to think about for 2022. You know, so many of us over the last couple of years, our lives have changed dramatically on a lot of different levels. Um, And hopefully these things are things that will get you thinking and and maybe take some action on moving forward. And, you know, you might not be able to follow through on all of them, but 
I think if you implement even just a few of these changes, um, you'll be well on your way to doing better financially and, and hopefully just doing better overall. Absolutely. I love this. 22 resolutions for 2022. I love go. it. That yeah. was very clever. That's creative, right? <laughs> yeah, you are very clever. Isn't that the way the the Brits would say? Such a clever boy. Something like that. Yes. <laughs> I know. I can't even do, I can hardly do my accent, much less uh, another one. So give us one of the number one things you need to start looking at. Well, I think one of the number one things, we'll just start off with reducing your debt. You know, unfortunately, a lot of people carry a lot of debt. You know, and, and for our listeners, it's probably the majority of the, the younger folks who've gotten out of school and maybe have $250,000 in debt from uh, their program and living and, uh, you know, all the things that go along with that and not being able to work for now almost three years. Um, with the doctorate level program, you know, I, I think first thing is how do we do that? How do we clean that debt up? And, mm -hmm. um, you know, we've all been there, we've all had debt and you know, what's the most effective way, you know, Sharon, it's one of the number one causes of divorce as well is debt. I would not be surprised. You know, I've always said you usually only argue about two things, money and sex, we yep. never have enough of either. <laughs> and then when you get children, then you kind of argue over that just a little bit. And when the kids are gone, you're back to the top two again. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, you know, I think coming up with a debt plan and a debt strategy, unfortunately, so many people bury their head in the sand and just think, as long as I can make the payment, I'm okay. And, you know, I see that with a, with a lot of CRNAs, unfortunately. I mean, you guys make good money. It's not Warren Buffett money, and you can't live like that. Um, but you make really, really good money, and you have the opportunity for a really good lifestyle. But debt absolutely can impede you from reaching your financial goals. I mean, every dollar that you spend on debt is holding you back from something else that you want to do. Hmm, that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. And then you pay the interest on it. And um, so, uh, you know, I think first and foremost, coming up with a debt plan, making sure that you've got the right kind of debt and then figuring out, you know, how am I going to get out of this debt? What is it going to take for me to do that? And working through that process, I think is very, very important. Right. Well, y'all work with students and I must compliment you on that. You know, my son-in-law was a student whenever he first started dating my my daughter, and he hasn't been out of school that long. And you guys fixed up a plan and he has already paid off all his student loans and my daughter's student loans, part of them from law school. Daddy helped her, you know, but yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all have a good plan. Absolutely. All right. Uh oh, you're looking me in the eye on this one, aren't you? All right. So for number two, something else to look at here at the end of the year, the beginning of the year is boosting your retirement savings. You know, Sharon, this year, the retirement amount that you can put in your 401k or your 403b is going up um, by about $1,000. So you can go up from nineteen five to 20500 And then you can, if you're over the illustrious age of 50, Nobody on this call. No. <laughs> you can put in another $6,500. So total, you can get in $27,000 this year in your retirement plan. And that is extremely important, especially one from a tax perspective. 
and two, making sure that you're going to be okay for retirement. And we'll talk a little bit about that a little later. But another thing to do is look at, you know, can I afford to drop another $1,000 in there? And I would say most CRNAs should be maxing out their mm-hmm. retirement plans because the retirement system is skewed against high-income earners, of which you guys are. And the only way to change that a little bit is to max out your retirement plan. Okay. I know we're going to have to sit down and look at some of my stuff going forward because as I've said before, Yale took a chunk out of me in more than one way. So it's time for (laughs) me to kind of take a look at that. So um, what about emergency funds? Yeah, I mean, that's that's something else to be concerned about. You know, if there's one thing the last couple of years have taught us is it's prepare for the unexpected, (laughs) you know, in a lot of different ways. We we've learned from 20 and 21, as you said earlier, that life does not go in a straight line. We're going to have some curveballs. I mean, we've got a lot of our listeners who didn't work for a couple of months last year, W2 and 1099. And there are a lot of people that really freaked out because they count on their income every single month. They didn't have that emergency reserve. So another thing here at the end of the year is how am I going to get that established? Three to six months of expenses, liquid, where if something goes wrong, which inevitably will, you know, I don't have to freak out. You know, I don't have to worry and stress. Um, I've got it taken care of. And that is the key. If this would have happened a few years ago in my past. I would have been one of those freaking out. I had three in college at the same yep. time, and my college expenses for them would have kept on turning and burning. And yep. so whether I was working or not, and I think a lot of people don't think about that in their emergency funds. If you have college-age children, it's not only your emergency fund, it's the emergency fund to keep them going. That is true. I mean, I hadn't thought about it that way. You're exactly right, though. So I would have been stressing myself if my kids would have been in college. Yeah. No, that's a really, really good point. Yeah, you need to factor that in. I just taught you something, you clever boy. (laughs) You did. You did. Just like I had a friend tell me once, they always tell you to save for college, but they never never tell you to save for the wedding. And, you know, I had two girls. Yeah, that's true. You got to save for those weddings. (laughs) (laughs) Or you do what Sarah's parents did and you say, all right, I got this lump sum of money and you can have that and that's it. Go away. Oh, yeah. Well, Sometimes that just don't work out quite as planned. Oh, yeah. I understand. Yeah. All right. So number four. Don't overreact to the headlines. I mean, geez, uh, if I could, oh, if I had a dollar for every time a client called and said, hey, I saw this on Kramer or CNBC said this or CNN had this special on this and they said the market's going to implode or the economy is going to do this or this stock's going to do that. You know, I, I would just encourage people to not put much faith in the headlines. The goal for them is to get you to watch, to get you to buy their publication, to get you to buy that newspaper, to envelop fear inside of you to want to do that and develop emotion. So, you know, you've got to be able to see your way through that um, and make good, sound, rational decisions. And that goes for a lot of different things. I mean, 
COVID, financially related topics, uh, you know, politics. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, everything is, is driven upon emotions. And, you know, what I've done is, you know, a lot of the news I've just basically cut off. I mean, I read things that I know are not opinionated pieces, and I read things that I can discern the facts out of, and that's it, because it'll Evidence drive you crazy in today's practice. environment. Evidence-based yeah. practice, even even in your profession, not just ours. Absolutely. So number five, talk about the B word. Ooh, the B word. That's a bad word, Sharon. You, you would think <laughs> that I came up and told somebody really an ugly, ugly term when you say the budget. And, and it's true. The more money you make, the less you budget. We all do it. That's true. But, you know, I think implementing a form of budget, whatever works for you. I've had people use the envelope system. You know, I've had people who use Quicken or Mint to kind of form a budget. I've got people that look at it every single month, every single week. I've got people that do it once a year. It's whatever works for you. But a budget isn't about always sticking to every penny. It's having an idea of where your money goes. Mm-hmm. And that's important because so many CRNAs out there, they really don't know where that money goes. You know, you drop. Well, it's easy to get away from you. <laughs> well, yeah. You go out to dinner, you have a few drinks, you go by Starbucks, you know, you stop by and buy two or three things, you know, on the way home. And um, then you got your Amazon. And by the way, Amazon doesn't itemize all. It just says Amazon, 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 Amazon. And if you don't go back and look, you have no idea what you bought from Amazon. So having that budget, tracking some areas of your spending. And when you start to track, you find things that you might not know um, or you might not remember places that you're wasting money um, Mm -hmm. or that you could be saving. You know, our cable bill, for example, you know, we just kind of went on and on and on. And then we got YouTube TV and it saved us a bunch of money every month. And, you know, it's little changes like that that can make a big, big difference. You know, I've always thought Amazon saved me money because I could even order mascara. Because if I go to the drugstore, instead of just getting mascara, I, I seem to find all other kinds of things. So, yeah. We but know. then I look at how much money I spend with Amazon. So, I don't know. I'm still out to lunch. And it is kind of funny. Amazon's not always the cheapest. You know, what I found is that, you know, I, I compare Amazon and Walmart because Walmart's got an online app and, you know, they deliver for free as well. And now they deliver our groceries 90 bucks a year. Here's a tip. I don't know if it's in area, every area, but for 90 bucks, we subscribe to some Walmart thing. Sharon, they bring our groceries to our front door, mm. and it's free other than the $90. Now, we tip them, obviously, but, but man, think about how much time that saves you. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Well, I don't, I don't do the grocery store thing anyway. That's what a husband's for. Ooh, I don't know. Not all husbands. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> a good husband like the one that I have. Oh, uh, okay. So, We'll just skim right over that and go straight to number six. (laughs) Yeah, number six, meet with your financial and tax advisor, especially if you've never done it and you're getting within five to 10 years of retirement. This is extremely important. I mean, it's important for everyone anyway, but the closer you get to retirement, um, if you can't do it yourself, which so many people can't because we get emotionally attached to our money, Find somebody you can trust, get with them, work with them, make sure you understand not only the financial side, the tax side, why you're making the decisions that you're making, 
I think that's extremely, extremely important. Um, and again, if you can do this stuff yourself, and some people can, absolutely. But you need to be reviewing it. Uh, you need to understand it. You need to understand why you're doing what you're doing. Have you thought about what would happen if you weren't able to work for two or three years? You know, on average, 25% of people will file a disability claim, and most of us aren't prepared for that loss of income. Every CRNA needs to protect their biggest asset, yourself and your ability to earn with a disability insurance policy. We recommend contacting Robert Smith, a master disability insurance specialist with more than 30 years of experience and 1,800 CRNA clients to find the coverage that fits you best. The best way to do that is to send him an email at rsmithjr at financialguide.com. That's rsmithjr at financialguide.com. Or call him at 504-394-6557. Now, number seven is another B word. It is. Check your beneficiary designations on all your accounts. Sharon, I have seen this happen over and over again where someone has gotten divorced never changed their beneficiary designation on their old accounts, left the ex-spouse on there. I actually had a client pass away and was remarried. And guess what? Oh, my goodness. It was a little account that he just left out there. I say little. It was like 50 grand. And guess what? Left his ex-wife on it. He was remarried to someone else. He passes away, and the ex-wife got that fifty grand. And I guarantee you, he would not have wanted that to happen. Hmm. Well, yeah. you know, I learned a lot about this whenever my dad passed away. And if you've got a beneficiary on bank accounts, you walk in and they just hand you the money. Whereas if there's no beneficiary, it has to go through the state. Right. That's very good. But the terminology is a little different. You, you can't have a beneficiary on a bank account, but you can have a transfer on death, a TOD yeah, or yeah. a POD, payable on death. Yeah. And if you've got non-qualified accounts at a bank, a CD, you know, a checking account, a money market account that's got, you know, substantial sums, you should always have a TOD or a POD on there. Because to your point, if you don't and you die, it has to go through the probate process. And you know, it could be tied up for months and or a year or two, you know, depending on the estate and where you're at. Um, so that's a really, really good point, Sharon. Um, but yeah, so PODs, TODs on non-qualified accounts, beneficiary designations on qualified accounts such as IRAs, 401ks, 403bs. If you've got annuities out there, they have uh, beneficiary designations. Life insurance has beneficiary yeah. designations. You need to make sure, and I, and I try to tell people, keep kind of a folder of all this stuff. Either keep it electronically, and if you do, make sure somebody else knows how to get into it, and or keep you know it written somewhere where somebody knows how to get to it, or at least knows who to contact in the event that you pass away. Right. Because now, the other thing that I did was, Pierce gets everything on my death, but you can have secondary. So it, let's yep. say Pierce and I die at the same time, then it goes directly to the kids. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, we call that it, was important because we travel together. I mean, God forbid, but you just never know. Yeah. Well, that's leading actually into number eight as we talk about this, because this is carving out time for tough conversations. And what I find is that 
when people think conversations are tough or they don't want to talk about them, they avoid them. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you just mentioned was nobody wants to talk about dying. Nobody. Nobody wants to talk about that. But unfortunately, you know, we're all going to die and you need to be talking to your spouse and your family about one, your health care wishes. You know, what, what do I want to happen to me? Who do I want to have my power of attorney? Where does this stuff go? What, what happens with our kids? You know, so many people have young kids and they haven't designated if they died or they both died. What happens? Those are tough conversations, but you know what? If you don't have them, I promise you somebody's going to have to have them, and I can almost guarantee it will not be the way you want it because a lot of times the state has to get involved in those conversations. Oh, shoot. Pierce's mom had not done anything. She's 89, lives with us. Mm. (laughs) She had done nothing. I come in one day, and she's sitting in my chair. It looks like she's. I was, she was asleep, but Ooh. it could have gone either way. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> Whenever I come in and I looked at her and I started thinking, okay, what do we do here? And then I asked her after I found out she was just sleeping, <laughs> Helen, I need to know what you've got done. Oh, well, she had done nothing. I said, well, did you think you were going to live forever? <laughs> Didn't want to talk about and it. None had done Nothing. Yeah. Oh, there's there. It's the majority of people out there, actually. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So anyway, we got her taken care of. But Pierce and I, everything is done, ready to go, ready for you to go. Jump off lovers' leap together. That's it. All right. Number nine. Audit your insurance. And this is another area that I see people not paying attention to because either they don't understand it or they're really not that concerned about it. But do you still need all the policies you've got? You know, typically as you age, you need less life insurance because you're closer to retirement. And if you've done a good job saving for retirement, in a lot of cases, you don't really need as much insurance and so forth. Um, but are you overinsured or underinsured in some areas, making sure you're checking your liability, um, you know, your malpractice, you know, that kind of stuff, making sure you're covered. That would come in for our W-2 CRNAs. You know, I always encourage W-2 CRNAs to understand the policies they have where they work. And if you don't, and you're not going to, I promise, get a copy of it, send it up to ANA Insurance Services, let them evaluate it before you need it. Because we've heard horror stories about this. Mm-hmm. Even if you're, you know, Sharon, you and I were talking about this the other day. If you're a 1099 CRNA and they provide you with insurance, you better have that evaluated because you might be better off to carry your own insurance with coverage you know is going to cover you no matter what. That's true. Okay, number 10, Jeremy. Number 10, and this is something that, you know, people have been doing a lot over the past few years, and that is see if refinancing your mortgage is a good idea. It's not too late to do it. Rates are still low. Now, as we get into next year, you know, I think the Fed is going to be raising rates, and obviously that's going to increase mortgage rates and so forth along with it. But if you haven't refinanced in the last, you know, five, 10 years, you need to be looking at that. You can save a lot of money by doing that and or utilize that money to do something else with uh, that might need to be done around the house and so forth. So that's that's another important point. A lot of physicians that I work with have been refining their office spaces too lately. There you go. That's another great point. Yeah, if you've got commercial property, you need to be looking at that. 
Okay, number 11. You've already kind of done a drive-by on this. Yeah, but, you know, organizing your financial life, you know, it's just a time to kind of sit back and reflect and say, am I on track? Am I doing the right things? You know, are there areas I look at my life financially and go, hmm, you know, I'm not doing a good job in that area or I'm not paying attention. You know, I see a lot of CRNAs who get their 403B or 401K statements. They chuck it in the drawer and they never look at it. Am I doing a good job? Hmm. I, you know, take a look, organize your financial life, make sure that, you know, you've got a place that has got everything in it, that if something were to happen to you, you were to become incapacitated, that somebody could walk in and know exactly what you've got, how to get access to it. It's extremely important. Yeah. Pierce has made a big notebook with everything in it. That's great. Um, yeah. And it's in the safety deposit box. So the kids know where in the where safety that deposit is. box that'll be frozen. Right Actually, there. no, their names are on it. Okay, there you go. So they Good. can get in it. And you talking about a pain in the behind? Oh yeah, because they they it, had to be there, didn't they? Yeah, they had yeah. to come in. And even if you move the box within the bank to a bigger box, they have to re-sign. Yep. And it's it it is it is a huge pain. Yeah, it's but a lot more complicated did, than it used to be. We did take care of it, but each of them have a copy of our will and everything. So they've you got know, they it. might knock you guys off. Well, they could. Shelly's you know, <laughs> Shelly's like my healthcare power of attorney. I don't think Pierce could turn me off. Shelly will pull the plug out with her teeth. <laughs> um, anyway, number twelve. <laughs> All right, number twelve. Check your credit, especially if it's been a while. You know, you can get the free reports. Just make sure everything is accurate and good standing. Um, you know, we had someone who a few years ago he had gotten out of school, and you know, he went to go get a mortgage and realized that he had an outstanding credit issue. Well, mm. once he started delving into it, it was actually a bill for a, an emergency trip to the hospital by an ambulance. Mm-hmm. And he never paid it. Well, he really didn't remember it because evidently he was intoxicated at the time. <laughs> Got into a fight and ended up, they called an ambulance and took him to the hospital. Well, he never paid the bill. I don't know whether he made up the address where they sent the bill or what he did. But so he went to get his uh, credit pulled and saw this on here. It was charged off um, and it was a big ordeal. He had never pulled his credit before. You know, I tell the story. I had, you know, a similar issue where. Um, you know, I pulled my credit and, you know, we have to get licensed in, in different states in our business. And Tennessee has, um, an interesting state, uh, because they don't have any income tax. They charge professionals more on certain types of taxes. Well, back in the nineties, I was licensed in Tennessee. Um, and we actually changed broker dealers at the time. So at that time, our broker dealer covered the $400 fee per year. Well, at the same time, we moved offices. So Tennessee, they don't email the bills back then. They snail mailed the bills, and I never got it. We moved to offices. The broker-dealer didn't handle it. So years later, um, I go to pull my credit, and I see this charge-off from the state of Tennessee. And I'm thinking, I never lived in Tennessee. I wouldn't owe them any taxes. Uh Have to investigate it. Come up, it was this $400 fee that hadn't been paid. So I had to go back, pay the fee, pay the interest. They waived the penalties, but they didn't waive the interest. Um, And they finally took it off of my credit. 
So things happen, you know, even to what we consider people who are good at this stuff, um, things happen. So check your credit. Yeah, well, I'm going to have to do it. I don't think I've ever done it. Ooh. I know, right? Yeah. Who was my financial advisor? Wow. (laughs) Wow, that hurts. (laughs) All right, number 13. All right, understand and review your 1099 options and have a tax plan. We talk about this a lot on the show. You know, that's one of our, our fortes is the 1099 side of things. And there are a lot of options for CRNAs out there these days on the 1099 side. And you don't have to do it full time. You can do it part time. There's some ways to save you money on taxes, more savings opportunities, and, you know, to get you where you want to go. So I would just say if you haven't looked at it, you haven't looked at these options, you don't understand it. Start to look into it. Start to review that a little bit. There's never been a better time for a CRNA to do 1099 work than today. The salaries and the hourly rates are going up dramatically. Um, There's a much needed demand out there. And now that 90 plus percent of Americans can't itemize on their taxes, if you're W-2, you probably have no tax deductions or very little at all. Really, the 1099 side gives you a whole world of other opportunities that you might not know about. Exactly. We just did three live stream sessions on transitioning to 1099 for the NCANA, and yep. we taped them. So eventually we will release them as podcasts too. But we did live streams and people could ask questions and it was very well received and highly attended. Yeah. That yeah, was really good. Uh, really good. There, is, there is definitely an appetite there. Beyond the Mask is made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. With almost two decades of experience, the firm guides CRNAs through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Schedule a free consultation today by calling 855-304-3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. All right, number 14. Have a retirement income plan. This is extremely important if you're nearing retirement age. Um, you know, where's the and money? Even if come you're from? not. Well, even yeah, right. No, you need to be planning along the way. Um, but where does the income come from? Maybe I'll have Social Security. Um, the majority of you aren't going to have a traditional pension, but you've got your 401k and your 403b. Maybe you've got some non qualified accounts and non qualified savings. Where should I be taking that money from? to live my retirement lifestyle. Maybe you want to retire early and you need a retirement income plan for the first few years of retirement because you're going to pay for your own health insurance and there's some things you've got to do to limit your your taxable income during those first few years. Maybe you want to do more the first few years of retirement and travel while you can before it's too late and your body breaks down and you can't go. You know, maybe the first 10 years we're going to go, 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 and then we're going to slow go the next 10 years. But having a plan that lays out, one, what are we going to be spending? Two, where does that money come from in the most tax-efficient manner to get me where I want to go? Extremely important. Very good. I always think about Dean Mazurik from New Jersey. I mean, he retired. He's in his 50s, I believe. I've got to let him know about the Greek cruise after Croatia. I forgot to send him information about that. Speaking of traveling. So number 15. Number 15, look for more donation opportunities that support your colleagues and industry. And guess what? 
they'll help your tax situation as well, right? Yeah. Well, you know, I donated to the AANA Foundation in memory of my Emma yeah. for Christmas. Yeah. And this th- this could be a really important point. Now, with the changes in the tax laws, again, I'm going to go back to this. If you're not itemizing, guess what? This probably won't help you. Exactly. But, but you said 60% of narcissists to start itemizing. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what we see. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I think that as we as we look at tax opportunities, one, this could bump you up to where you can itemize. Okay, so that's that's a fault. Two, you're giving back to the industry that really gave you the goose that laid the golden egg um, mm-hmm. because you are making really good money as a CRNA, and that's getting better and better. And obviously the ANA, um, the foundation, and causes that help support CRNAs around the country – you should give back to those causes and, and help grow this industry. So those are good things to do. And along the way, you get a tax deduction for doing it. And maybe you need another little tax deduction this year. I know that they'll accept your money. Oh, yes, they will. Okay, <laughs> number 16. Yeah, this is another big point. You know, we've got a lot of people who are doing Roth conversions. You know, if you've got an advisor or someone you work with, ask them about this. Um, you know, Sharon, I don't think we're going to see a lower tax environment than we're in today as we grow older. In fact, Agreed. if you look at the state of health care, you look at, you know, the amount of debt this country has, you look at the spending that we're doing, um, taxes can only go up from here. So, you know, the idea behind the Roth is you pay the tax now, it grows tax deferred, and you pull it out tax-free. So if you're paying now and tax rates are lower than they're going to be later on, you know, you'd much rather do that. And it also helps you as you're planning for retirement. You've got to start taking out required minimum distributions at age 72. You don't have to do that from the Roth. And it's a better, even if you're not going to spend it, it's a better asset to pass along to your beneficiaries than leaving them another tax burden to pay along the way. So, So many things to think about. You need to look at it. You know, if you're retired or you're getting ready to retire and you really don't need some of this money, you should possibly be looking at doing some conversions along the way. Definitely, definitely will help in the long run if you do the planning properly. Yeah, we've got to take a look at that for me. And I went back and looked and we did an episode, uh, episode 52. Oh, okay. And we talk about Roths. I went back and looked that up. Okay. All right. Uh, number 17. 17, update your paycheck withholdings, especially if you've had any life changes or maybe you've had inappropriate amounts withheld throughout the year. And, you know, a couple of years ago with the Tax Cut and Jobs Act, um, they changed the federal withholding tables. They actually updated for people who were W-2. And the first couple of years, people got really, really surprised that they didn't have enough withholdings in the owed more oh, taxes. Yes. I knew I had quite a few friends that. Yes. And we're still seeing it. I mean, you know, they've, they've kind of been oblivious to it. So making sure that you updated your withholdings, making sure that you're doing the right thing on that front to where you don't have a big tax bill at the end and you're not getting surprised. Just another one of those things to to check into. Okay. Number 18. Rebalance your investment portfolio. Um, You know, this is important. You know, over time, certain areas get out of kilter. You get more risk in one area if things are going up. But remember, the markets are cyclical like everything else. What goes up must come down. What goes down will go up. Adjusting your portfolio 
great time of year to take a look at that. If you don't understand it, get with someone who can help you do that because it's extremely important. Okay, number 19. Plan out your strategy to transition into retirement. Will you go part-time first? Or maybe just have a, you know, another little thing you might want to do as a second career. You know, I've got a lot of people doing that these days. Or are you just going to quit cold turkey? Sharon Pierce, you will not quit cold turkey. I know this. Um, (laughs) Not on your life. My Dr. Pat told me all the time, Sharon, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Cold turkey. Well, this is important. We've got, you know, 50% of CRNAs that are going to retire according to Dr. Munn's slide she sent us the other day, you know, in in the next eight to 10 years, it looks like. These are things that CRNAs need to be paying attention to and understanding. Um, Some CRNAs have a really, really tough time transitioning from work because it's their identity, it's their social network, it's the fabric of who they are. Others have outside activities and they won't miss it at all. They might miss the paycheck, but if they've done a good job, you know, then saving, they'll be okay. You know, other CRNAs might have done a great job saving. They've been saving, 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 and then transitioning from saving to spending savings is also a very hard transition. You know, I have a lot of CRNAs who, when they retire, even though they've got plenty of money, they won't go out to eat. You know, they they won't travel. They won't do anything because they just don't have that income coming in. And so making sure you've got a plan for that, understanding that, talking with someone who's been through it, you know, meeting with an advisor who has experience in that area. These are things that will definitely help you out. All right. Number 20. Consolidate your accounts. You know, we see a lot of, of CRNAs out there who might have two or three 401k plans, an IRA, a couple brokerage accounts here. They've got stuff all over the place. They're not keeping up with any of it. Combine it, pay attention to it, let somebody help you if that's what you want to do. Um, but Overall, getting a handle on what you've got and getting it in places that you can manage it and understand it. Help you simplify. Well, as many times as some CRNAs change jobs, I can see where it's kind of everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I haven't had that many jobs, but I did consolidate all of mine whenever I worked for Carolina Anesthesia for 16 years, pretty much. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Um, number 21. This is a tough one, Sharon. I know. Ah, you need to define your why or revisit it. Mm-hmm. Why? That's a big word with only three letters. Why do I get out of bed every morning? Why do I do what I do? What do I want out of this life? What does that look like? What is your why? Well, you know, these are deep questions, deep questions. And you know, I love Simon Sinek. He yeah. spoke at my meeting at Salt Lake. Love all of his stuff. So, yeah, I mean, and that's why talks about your why. And it's very true, you know. And, and as we go into 2022, and, you know, a, a lot of people since COVID hit have thought more about this than I think they have mm-hmm. in the past. Ever. How many people have quit their jobs a lot. and said, I am not going to deal with this, not you know what, it. anymore. Not going to do it, you know. And they, they really figured out what their why was. So if you haven't, take some time. Ask yourself this. Go off by yourself, maybe you and your spouse. Think through what my why is. Why do I do what I do? Where is it leading me in my life? And is this the direction I really want to go? You know, I read a story. There was a, a CRNA who actually quit her job. Um, being a CRNA, took a huge leap and started her own business. 
And she had done some, you know, work up to that. But I've known several CRNAs who say, you know what, gosh, this isn't fulfilling to me. This is not what I want to do. Um, and they've given up their careers because of it. Um, we're definitely not telling people to do that because most CRNAs love what they do. But defining what you want out of this life, because we only get to go around one time. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Okay. And number 22. Number 22, listen to more episodes of this podcast. I mean, <laughs> that could be a great New Year's resolution or goal, right? Yeah. You get class B credits. And you get to learn all of this fabulous stuff from our amazing speakers and hosts. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, no, and we appreciate it. You know, we appreciate our listenership. We've uh, we've been uh, very pleasantly surprised with the show and how well it's done and uh, the amount of listeners that we've gotten. um, It's just been amazing, and we're really appreciative of that. But yeah, why not get flee, free, flee, flee, flee oh, class credits? Free, free. You, know, you can't really say that. Flee class credits. Um, free class credits um, <laughs> while listening to stuff that, uh, you know, hopefully helps you along the way and betters your knowledge of the CRNA industry. And, you know, hopefully I give you a few little tidbits on the financial side as well. Absolutely, you do. And, you know, we have listeners who let us know about great ideas, great topics that they want to listen to. We certainly hope people will continue doing that in 2022 so that we can meet your needs. And before we wrap this up, Jeremy, you have, we we talked about retirement and how many people are going to retire. So you have five signs for um, people who are retiree age um, about how to tell if you're in good financial health for retirement. So why don't you give us those five things? Yeah. Number one, you spend less than you make. That is a key. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's key no matter if you're retiring. <laughs> it is, but at least if you're spending more than you make, you can pick up another ship at the hospital sure. if you're still working or take, you know, a moonlight gig somewhere and do that. So that's spending true. less than you make, number one, you understand the future tax implications of your savings. Another key, you know, how does what I've got affect me from a tax standpoint and taking money out of them? Okay. Number three. If you're married, both you and your spouse know enough about the retirement plan to be able to manage it if something happens to the other one. Mm. Mm, yeah. Number four, you have a retirement income plan. We talked about that. And number five, you don't worry about your financial future. That's how you know you're okay. Yeah. So that is true. Sharon, it's been a great year. It has for podcasting. <laughs> great year for podcasting. It's, uh, you know, we were above ground again, so I'd say all in all, we've done okay. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, we are looking forward to 2022, and you just really want to thank you for being such a great co-host. And, you know, we've had sponsorships this year. We want to thank them. Um, we also want to thank our listeners who have, you know, propelled us a lot of times in the top 50 medical podcasts in the country. Um, you know, we have thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of downloads. And how many countries are we in? 125. 125 countries. Um, you know, this is working. People like it. Um, and, uh, you know, I just hope we can continue to have the breadth of different types of speakers. Obviously, a lot of your contacts along the way that 
um, have been great for this show and great for our listeners. And we just really want to thank all the CRNAs who are giving back to this community. You included, Sharon Pierce. Sandy Ouellette, Nancy Marie. I mean, we could just name name after name, Jackie. And I mean, just people who have done such great things in the CRNA community, who have graced us with their presence on this show. And I'd say we're grateful for that this year. Absolutely. And we've been doing a little strategic planning and we'll have some new stuff for 2022. Jeremy, I think it's going to be our year. Well, let's hope so. You know, we'll, we hopefully um, COVID will not affect us as much um, as we move forward. Again, I, I'm a firm believer COVID is not going away. And um, but yes, we do have some things rolling out this year through the show that I think will will make our listeners happy and uh, meet some needs that absolutely. have been expressed. Absolutely, yes. yeah. So we got good things ahead. Absolutely. Well, Sharon. We hope everybody has a great new year, and uh, we'll see them on the show in January. Yep. So from Jeremy and myself, we wish you a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, whatever the term is for you. <laughs> we're, we're thinking about you, and thanks so much for joining us. All right, Sharon. I think it's a wrap. I think so. As a CRNA, you spend years preparing yourself for this career, so we don't want to see you lose out on any of the income you've worked so hard to earn. The best way to protect yourself and give you the confidence that a major life event won't disrupt your financial future is through disability insurance. We've known disability income specialist Robert Smith for many years and have seen the work he's done with nearly 2,000 CRNAs over multiple decades. He can help identify any gaps in your existing coverage and fill those gaps by finding the best value on a policy. Contact Robert and let him know you heard about him on our podcast. Send him an email at rsmithjr at financialguide.com. That's rsmithjr at financialguide.com. Or call him at 504-394-6557. Protect your greatest asset as a CRNA, yourself and your ability to earn a living by adding disability insurance to your financial plan. Today's show is brought to you by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning, an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families. From planning for a child's future college expenses to building a predictable income stream in retirement, the firm is committed to offering you comprehensive financial services, customized to fit your unique needs and objectives. If you have questions about your financial future, get them answered. Call the team at 855-304-3748. That's 855-304-3748. Or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, President of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists and President and Founder of Our Hearts, Your Hands, a global anesthesia support community that takes donations to allow nurse anesthetists in low and middle income countries to go to educational programs, buy equipment or textbooks. 
Your donations are tax deductible, and we would appreciate your support. OSA EMR is a free anesthesia EMR developed by CRNAs that you can download and use on an iPad. Our nonprofit mission is to make sure that solo and small practice CRNAs can digitally record their anesthetics. To learn more, visit OSAEMR.com to download and consider donating to our cause. Remember, for CRNAs, data is destiny. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you like to listen to shows. Also, be sure to check out BeyondTheMaskPodcast.com. Each episode is posted there with a corresponding blog post, and we timestamp important parts of the episode to help you quickly get to the content you're looking for. Also, check out the special series section on the site. You can follow along and catch up on the CRNA History Series, episodes specifically about political conversations in the industry, or try the CRNA Personal Finance Series. It's all on beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And if you have a question for the show or want to be a guest or even suggest a particular topic, fill out the contact form on the site or send an email directly to us at info at beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And lastly, let's take the conversation social. Check out our Beyond the Mask podcast Facebook page and Facebook group.